Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Hey everybody, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addicts Podcast. Patrick Allen here. We started a minute early, and I'm not saying that that's because the other guys aren't here today, but you can infer from that what you will. Um, one minute early today. Look, the guys just bailed on me today. Verderam's at the Senior Bowl. He's on a plane traveling back to Chicago. I don't know if he'd have rather stayed down there in Mobile or come back to Chicago, but there's about 10 to 12 inches of snow on the ground, depending on where you're at. So God bless him. Sterling's getting his kitchen remodeled. So he's, he's, um, he's dealing with that stuff. And, and Matt Connor's got, uh, he's got to do some stuff down at the school for the kids. So it's just me. So if you want to see yourselves out right now, I totally understand, but we're going to try to get to, uh, I, yeah, I know, right? I'll try not to spill the beer. I've got three empties over here. Um, I'll do my best to fill some time for you. I'm going to need you guys. I'm going to need your help in the chat on a couple of different things. For starters, if you're on YouTube, if you could hit that thumbs up button for me, I'd appreciate that. Number two, fire questions like crazy. There's no way I'm going to be able to get to them all. Just so you know, behind the scenes here, I'm going to be promoting on Twitter, doing all those things, trying to keep up with you guys. Um, so a lot going on. Thanks for bearing with me. Let's dive into some of these topics. The first thing, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, if you're on the Twitters today, but the Chiefs quarterback coach, Mike Kafka, has been signed. He's gone. He's going to be the offensive coordinator uh, for the for the New York Giants, um, working with Brian Dayball out there. So interesting you know, situation for Kafka. He's been around with the Chiefs for a long time, obviously been working with Patrick Mahomes. So he's got a heck of a resume. As we know, Eric Bannemi has been the offensive coordinator. I think if EB had gotten a, a, a head coaching job, Kafka would have moved in. He would have been the logical choice to move into that offensive coordinator position for the Chiefs. And then maybe, you know, he's got designs on being a head coach someday. But unfortunately for, for both Eric Bannemi um, and Mike, Bannemi's kind of st- I don't want to say stuck with the Chiefs, but he has not gotten the opportunity to become a head coach. And so he's staying in that offensive coordinator role for the Chiefs. So this was an opportunity uh, for Kafka to to get promoted with another team. I think that's awesome. We should all be thrilled for him. Obviously, he's done a great job working with Patrick Mahomes over the years. So, um, you know, crossing our fingers that he has some success out there in New York. He certainly got his work cut out for him uh, with with Daniel Jones and, you know, anybody else that they might bring in over there. But uh, very happy for him, and we'll see who the Chiefs bring in. I'm not like an expert on the the different quarterback coaches that are out there. They may have somebody internally that they want to promote, uh, or they may go and get somebody else. Uh, one of the, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this in the chat. So so fire away. But a lot of people on Twitter were saying, "Hey, why not bring in Alex Smith if he's interested?" Now, of course, Alex Smith's been working with ESPN 
as an analyst. So he's maybe going down that road. That's a pretty, I think he was doing a really good job, by the way, too. He's on the pregame show for Monday Night Football. I think he's a natural at it, good looking guy on TV, all that stuff. Obviously, good demeanor. Um, so if that's what he wants to do, great. But if Alex was ever interested in coaching, I know I'd love to have him back in Kansas City. I saw some people say, well, I don't know, like I'd like somebody with experience as a quarterback coach. I don't know. I don't buy that. This is this guy played the, the position at the highest level in the NFL. He won a lot of games. And as we know, he was the mentor for for Alex Smith or for uh, for Patrick Mahomes that first year, his rookie season. And Mahomes has been on the record as saying that Alex Smith was a really big help for him. And I think, you know, obviously Chad Henney fills that role and those types of things as well as sort of a veteran presence around the team. But I don't know. I kind of would have liked to have had Alex Smith on the sideline during that game against the Cincinnati Bengals. When early in the second half, Patrick was struggling, things weren't going well. You know, I'm not saying Chad Henney maybe didn't do this or wouldn't have done this, but maybe, maybe Alex comes up and look, we know like it's kind of like Alex, the way his style of play really fit into what, what at times Patrick Mahomes has needed to do this season, which is check the ball down a lot, take what is there, not force it, take care of the football, those types of things. So I would have liked to have had a guy like Alex Smith in that situation kind of walk over and, and, and Pat. Patrick on the shoulder and say, Hey man, listen, like, you know, they're, they're, this is what they're doing. They're dropping. They're only rushing three. They're dropping a lot of guys. Like, let's just take it easy, relax, take advantage of what they're giving you move the ball down the field. I think he'd be an excellent choice, but again, he has to want to coach and, and all of those things. So we'll see what happens with that situation, but fire off in the chat. Let me know if you want to see Alex Smith as the new chiefs quarterback coach. He's one of my favorite chiefs of all time. I'd love to see him back in the building. Now, I wanted to touch on something else here, uh, and that is Twitter. You know, listen, like, <laughs> I don't want to hop on the soapbox or get too preachy, but I saw this sort of interaction today. And it, you may remember earlier in the season, Tyron Matthew threw out there that he was like, oh, this is the Chiefs are the most toxic fan base out there. Um, Evan Gabriel says, yeah, Alex Smith is great. Loved him in KC. You know, Tyron, he's an emotional guy, right? The Chiefs have said this is one of the reasons why they love him is the, the the passion and intensity that he brings to the team as a leader, as a player. Anyway, he had the dust up earlier this year where he called the, the fan base toxic. Now, the first thing I want to say is I can't I can't imagine what it's like. I've gotten a taste of it, right? Like I've got about 10,000 followers on Twitter. I'm not a famous person or a NFL player by any stretch of the imagination, but like it really like you You could have people say, and you guys are great. You're so kind to us here with the podcast. You, you send us nice messages all the time. It makes us feel wonderful. Every once in a while, you know, like I had some guy, he, he tagged me and Sterling actually right after the Chiefs lost. He's like a Patriots fan. I don't know if we encountered him at, at one point. He reached out to us and he was like, hey, at our Patrick Allen at Homestretch KC, eat shit. And like this stuff has an effect on people. So, you know, I can't imagine what players see. And I see the dumb stuff that fans tweet at players and Tyron seeing all the stuff. He's on Twitter. He's an emotional guy. And then the toxic thing happened. Well, today, some guy, he he, he was trying to make a, a joke. Evan Gabriel says, you're, you're famous in my mind, Patrick. Well, I appreciate that. At least there's that makes one of you. <laughs> so today I saw this guy. He tweeted out like a, he, he like doctored a picture of Tyron Matthew. He tried to like draw like a fake mustache on there and like a beard and what he was, it was a badly executed joke, but what he was trying to say was like Tyron Matthews. He said like Tyron Matthews trash. Let's, let's sign Schmiron Matthew or something like that. Right. Like a, the, the point the guy was trying to make was like Tyron Matthews. Great. You know, the only way, the only person that we should bring in instead of Tyron Matthew is fake Tyron Matthew. Right. It was a bad joke. 
Tyron didn't get it, obviously. Saw the part about him being trash. Poorly executed all around. Tyron lashes out at the guy. And then the rest of the Chiefs fans, like, they grab their torches and their pitchforks and they start attacking this poor guy on Twitter. Just, just try to make a bad joke. Tyron, like, has a big platform. Yeah, Evan says he saw my replies to that because I, I felt bad for the guy. Like, I got a little bit like, you know, guys, like, if you just had a shred of critical thinking and you see a situation like this on Twitter, people are so happy these days to just, like, to try to bury somebody. Like, there's nothing people love more than somebody makes a mistake on the internet and they get to, like, bust out some tired old, like, this didn't age well, um, you know, comment that's unoriginal, that's been done a million times. And it, it, and this poor guy was just trying to make a joke. Imagine him, like, he pr- loves Tyron Matthew. He tweeted it over and over again. And then all of a sudden, he's got people saying he's an idiot, kill yourself, like, just horrible things. And, like, I know, like, like it's been it's been stressful times, you know, like, we're in this pandemic and we're locked in our houses and, and all this stuff and everybody's stressed. But, like, let's just try to give each other, especially Chiefs Kingdom on Chiefs Twitter, let's try to give each other the benefit of the doubt a little bit sometimes, you know, and you see a tweet like this, like, look at it. You, you could very clearly see what was happening here. Just leave the dude alone um, in these situations. And, it, you know, it, it, it affects the mental health of the players. It affects the mental health of people, the fans. You know, let's just try to all be a little bit good to each other as we head into this offseason and we see these things. Because, like, I love Twitter and I love it because I get to interact with all of you and I get to talk Chiefs. And Chiefs, Chiefs fans are my people. They're my favorite people in the world. I never feel more at home than when I'm at Arrowhead, when I'm in the parking lot, when I'm in Kansas City. And I didn't grow up in Kansas City. But I'm with people who are who think like me and who are part of my tribe. And I think that's really cool. And, uh, you know, let's let's look out for each other out there because the rest of the people on Twitter, it's just, it's you know, it can be accessible. People are just miserable. Like, they enjoy being miserable these days. And I love this podcast and cheering for the Chiefs because it brings me joy and it brings me entertainment. And all of you guys like make me feel good and make me excited to like sit here and and try to talk for an hour by myself without anybody else. And the fact that there's still 53 of you watching, God bless you all. So uh, yeah, off the soapbox, but uh, let, let, let's try to lean into the good of the Chiefs kingdom and look out for each other out there. All right, let's 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 get to our sponsor. You guys know it's the Kansas City Beer Company. They have been so awesome. We've been out there to meet them in Kansas City. Incredible beer. I'm a big fan of their Dunkel, largest independent brewery in Kansas City. Um, They're sponsoring us all the way through the NFL draft. They've been absolutely awesome. So, you know, please make sure you check them out. They have noticed, you guys, they have noticed when you reach out, when you let them know that you're trying their beer, that you heard about their their uh, their product on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. So it's a great way to support us is by supporting them. If you like to have a beer or even if you don't drink, but you have somebody in your life who does like beer and maybe they've never had Kansas City Beer Company, go out, grab a six pack of the Dunkel, deliver it to them, uh, do some good, pass it along. All right, let's talk about the Chiefs. So um, as you know, the Arrowhead Attic podcast, we have a few of you who subscribe. You're sustaining report, uh, supporters of this podcast. We really very much appreciate that. So uh, I hopped in our private Discord channel that we have for our supporters today and just kind of asked like, you know, if you question, like, what do you guys want to hear about? What do you want to talk about on the podcast today as we're talking Chiefs? Got a lot of great responses. Couldn't get to everybody, but I'm going to try to hit some of those topics today. Uh, and the first one is, is Savannah, w- one of our members asked about the salary cap mobility for the Chiefs this season. I know a lot of people have a, a, a lot of questions for that. Um, so, you know, you've got a lot of things going on out there, right? Like if the Chiefs cut Frank Clark, for instance, I, I think the Chiefs right now have about roughly 
And it's just estimates that you can find out there. There's a few different sources, but there's somewhere in the like three and a half million to four million range as far as salary cap goes. Patrick Mahomes, his number is going way up this season because his contract is kicking in. The Chiefs could save money through a variety of different paths. They could cut Frank Clark. That's going to save him like $12.7 million against the cap. They cut Anthony Hitchens. It saves $8.4 million against the cap. They can restructure deals. So I think that's the thing that's important to remember when you're talking about salary cap and the Kansas City Chiefs is that, you know, you... People the, the people are fond of saying like the salary cap isn't real. The salary cap is a myth. And to a degree, that's true, right? If you manage it poorly, you can find yourself in sal- salary cap hell. You can find yourself unable to maneuver. But this is an instance where the Chiefs have done a pretty good job of figuring that out. And and you can you can restructure guys. You can extend their contract out so that it gets spread out over more years. That frees up more salary cap space for you that year. You could do some other things as well. There's like signing bonuses. If you've ever played Madden, this stuff's so complicated. But if you sign somebody and they have a salary cap, like a like a, a signing bonus, you can spread that out across the length of the contract. So if you sign somebody for three years, you could pay them a lower base salary. The base salary is what counts against the cap. So like say, say you sign somebody for, I don't know, $10 million for two years, but their base salary could be $2 million. And then you could spread the rest of that over the course of the two years to free up space in each subsequent year. But that once you give them that bonus, that money, you've spread it out. If you were to cut them or those types of things, that's when you end up hearing about dead money and, and you're, you're, you've got money counting against the cat for guys who aren't playing for you. So you have to be really careful when you do all those kinds of things that if a guy gets injured or they, you cut them and then you promised them all this money by spreading it out. Well, that's an issue. And that's what the Chiefs can do with Patrick Mahomes and his huge cap number. Because they signed him to that 10-year contract, it was really smart. What they were thinking was, all right, we've got you for 10 years. So- we have, we're going to have years where we've got cap room, the cap's going up, but then we're also going to have years where we have to like resign people like Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill, and it's going to be really expensive. And then what they can do is convert some of that money into signing bonuses for Mahomes, spread it out over the course of this long contract so that they get more money now. Now that's kind of kicking the can down the road to a degree, but then you get a few years into the contract and they can restructure. And then the salary cap also goes way up, right? As the NFL keeps making money and TV revenues come in and things like that, they raise the salary cap. So when you're projecting into the future, they're considering those things as well. Like we're signing Patrick Mahomes. He's really expensive, but you know what? Like the salary cap is probably going to go up. And so what looks expensive today may not be as expensive tomorrow because the Chiefs will get more room. Now, of course, salaries go up, inflation, all those things. So it's really tough to say what the Chiefs are going to do this year because there's so many moving parts. There's a restructure for Mahomes. There's which guys do you cut? Which guys do you restructure? If you remember last offseason, uh, uh, people thought, well, we could get more space if we re-sign Tyron Matthew and restructure his contract and spread the, those dollars across the years. That obviously didn't happen. The Chiefs still had a little bit of space. So we're going to have to see what happens as we head into the offseason. Brett Veach is a super smart GM. He's going to be really intentional with all of these things. And it's 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 probably hard to plan it all out because you got to kind of deal with each of these free agents, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And once you figure out, okay, how much is Orlando Brown going to cost me? And you know they've got to evaluate all the players. Brett Veach, Brett Veach had a press conference this week where he talked about that. We're going to evaluate everybody. We're going to determine. And that's when they're going to like sit down and like, okay, well, like these guys we could lose, right? Like last year. Remember Demarcus Robinson was a free agent for a long time. Nobody signed him. And the Chiefs eventually brought him back. 
So when they did this evaluation last year, they probably looked at a guy like Demarcus Robinson and they were like, look, he's not a priority for us. We'd like to bring him back if we can, maybe, but we've got to figure out X and Y and Z first, and then we'll see. But, you know, we're, we're kind of okay with losing him. He could have gotten signed. He didn't. The Chiefs needed some depth at wide receiver, so they brought him back. That a similar thing could happen this year. All right, so that's the salary cap stuff. Now I wanted to get into the, the, the Chiefs free agents. Um, and let's play a little game of keeper cut. And this is, I'm hoping, can be a little bit interactive. I know there's a little bit of a delay between me and you, but you guys are out in the chat. Um, let me know your thoughts on each guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through these free agents myself and give you my initial thoughts on whether or not I think they should be kept or cut, taking salary into account a little bit but also just kind of, you know, how did they play this year? So I've got all the free agents up here. And remember, there's a couple of different types of, of free agents, right? There's an unrestricted free agent, meaning, you know, if they're not signed before the, the new league year starts, they can go, they can sign with anybody. Then there's like restricted free agents, which the Chiefs can like make an offer and another team can match. Then there's a thing called exclusive rights free agents, which guys like Derek Gore, Jody Fortson are, which essentially means if the Chiefs offer them, I think the minimum, uh, like like the salary minimum for a player in the NFL, they those those guys can't leave because the Chiefs have their exclusive rights. So it's all a little convoluted and complicated, um, like all the stuff with money is. But let's just kind of dive in. So the Chiefs have, oh, geez, a lot of free agents, uh, unrestricted, uh, a few restricted and, and exclusive rights. So let's start at the top of the list with with we're going to go in order of how much they're making now. And then we'll just kind of go down from there. So the first, obviously, is Tyron Matthew. He's 29.7 years old. By the way, if you want to like follow along with what I'm looking at, head over to sportrack.com slash NFL slash free dash agents, all Kansas City Chiefs. It's a great resource. Um, if you're not up to date on all this stuff, you could sort it by position group. You can look at free agents from other teams. So if you're trying to start like playing around in your mind with what the Chiefs might do this offseason, it's a tremendous resource. Um, Nate S says Sorensen, Neiman, D Rob, peace. Uh, I think I might agree with you on that one. Um, okay. So Tyron Matthew, I'm seeing some responses already. Keep, keep him, keep him. You know, this is a tough one for me. He, so he's making uh, $14 million roughly this year. Now, they, have, they don't have this for all players, but Sport, Sportrack has like a market value calculator. They're valuing his market value at about $14.8 million per year. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. And we talked about this on the earlier show this week. With Tyron, you know you've, you're getting the leadership, the intensity, the, the quarterback of the defense, right? All of those types of things that you want and that this defense needs. I think the question comes down to how much do the Chiefs value him based on how much he's asking, right? They've gone on the record. They said, we want this guy in the building. We want him as the leader of our defense. <clears throat> Excuse me. But can we afford him is going to be the question. And how much do the Chiefs value the safety position on their defense with the other things that they might want to do? So if you're Steve Spagnuolo, you're Andy Reid and, and Brett Beach, and you're looking at the defense and you're like, you know what we really need? We got to figure out our defensive line. We got to get ourselves a premier pass rusher to go along with Chris Jones on the edge. That's going to be expensive. We've got some targets in mind that are going to be free agents or some trades that we want to make. And then you have to start doing the math and you're like, look, we need to reserve X amount of money for this key position of priority, which is say edge rusher. And you're looking at Tyron and you might go to his agent and be like, look, like we need this, at least this much money to make X and Y and Z happen. So this is as much as we can spend. And then we'll, we'll go from there. So, my personal opinion on Tyron is 
I, this may be a half answer. It's keep him, but don't overpay. Um, the reason I say that is much value as I think he brings to the team. I think the safety position just isn't quite as important as some of the other positions that the Chiefs need that can make an impact for a team that has an explosive offense led by Patrick Mahomes. And for me, <clears throat> that is a disruptive pass rusher. Our producer, Richard, tells me we've got 88%, 26 votes in the poll say we should keep Matthew. I This is a guy you want on your team. But the other things that make me hesitate are the age. You know, he's, he's, he's basically 30 years old. Um, this is an athletic position. Uh, it's not quite cornerback, but and oftentimes he's in coverage. So that's something to worry about too. So how many years are you going to sign him for? Does he want a five-year deal so he can finish his career in Kansas City where on the back end you might be dealing with some salary cap issues and some declining play? Or can you get him on for a three-year contract that's reasonable? I think if you can do that, bring him back. Absolutely. He's a star uh, on the field and in the locker room. But if you overpay for him, you could find yourself in trouble if you're the Chiefs and you may need to look at some more high-priority positions. <clears throat> Next up is Jaron Reed, defensive tackle, free agent acquisition, acquisition for the Chiefs last offseason. He's 29. He counted about $5.5 million. I think you can let Reed go. Brett Veach has already talked about wanting to revamp the defensive line and it being a focus, a priority for the Chiefs this offseason. Jaron Reed uh, got off to a slow start. Now, granted, new team, all those types of things. Played well down the stretch, made some plays. But I, I, I don't think the play was such that you need to open up the bank for him. And his play was good enough that I think on the open market, he could do quite well with a, another team that's defensive tackle needy. So that's the problem you run into with free agents, right? Over draft picks or, or guys who are a little bit undervalued. If you got to play a little bit of money ball is that, you know, somebody else is just going to come and outbid you. So they, you might like to keep a guy like Jaron Reed, but you just might not be able to afford to. But I think you got to let Jaron Reed walk in this situation as you look to revamp this defensive line. And you've already got a premier defensive tackle and Chris Jones. And remember, one of the reasons the Chiefs went after Jaron Reed in the first place was because they were going to try to play Chris Jones at defensive end. So they wanted to to replace him with, you know, not anywhere near comparable, but another good, solid pass rushing option in the middle. And we all saw how that worked out at the beginning of the season. Reed's play really sort of started to increase when he ended up playing next to Chris Jones and benefiting uh, occasionally from the double teams that he was taking. And Reed has basically admitted on Twitter and someone saying that, that, you know, he's probably not coming back. There's been some cryptic tweets. All right. Next up is Melvin Ingram, the trade acquisition the Chiefs got for basically nothing from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, he's 32.8 years old, according to Sports Rack. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He played really well for the Chiefs. This is, again, one of those situations where uh, I think it's a, I think it's a cut. If he wants to come back at a bargain price for you, you can. But like this isn't a guy who has a long future with the team. This is a rotational piece at best for you. Probably not somebody that you want playing every down for the team next year just because of age, wear and tear, and those types of things. He's got it going on up here. He made some great plays for the, for the Chiefs. But again, the, 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 for, for a guy like this, Nice to have. I put him in the nice to have category, but ideally you would either draft somebody or make a, you know, get, get a younger guy in there who could help you for a longer period of time. But I like Melvin Ingram a lot. If the price is right, definitely keep him. Okay. Let's go to now. This is the, this is probably maybe the hardest one, I think, of, of the whole patch. And that's Charvarius Ward. I think Ward is an excellent corner. I think he's played really, really well. I think he's exceeded all expectations for the Chiefs. He's 26 years old. Right now, I think he's he's worth, he's averaging about 
3.3 million, according to sports rack. I'm going to pull up his market value because they have it for him. Uh, so sports rack is, is thinking that he could be worth 9.9 million a year on the open market. That's a lot. The Chiefs have some money, you know, they've got Legereus Sneed, but after that, like Ward is a good number two slash number one. He played really well at times this year. And again, this is where, so, so for me, just down to brass tacks, I, I want to keep Ward. I want to keep Ward on the team. Cause like, who are you replacing with, right? Who are you replacing him with all the reps he has, um, he, he's been very good for the chiefs. So there's no ready replacement for him. The problem is the, the price tag, right? Corners are valued in this league coveted, especially corners who have a lot of, uh, experience and who have played well and held up pretty well against that experience. Charvarius Ward is a guy who, you know, teams try to pick on him a lot. He gets thrown at a ton. The, the teams are always losing usually to the Chiefs, or they know they have to score a lot of points. So, you know, it's it, there's a lot of stress on a corner for the Kansas City Chiefs, particularly a corner playing in Steve Spagnuolo's offense. Um, we're getting 90% to keyboard. I agree with all of you guys. I think that's the way to go. He's worth the money. This is a key position. If you want to have a good defense, you, you, we just can't end up in a – and the, the defense wasn't very good this year, but I don't necessarily think it was because of bad corner play. So Ward is a guy I think you want to make a priority and try to bring back. <clears throat> Next up is Mike Remmers, right tackle. You know, had some injury issues this year. He's 32. You got to go. Uh, he, he's, he's a solid depth piece, but there's plenty of replacement players out there, I think, that you can find that are a little bit younger for a reasonable price to be a backup swing tackle for you in Remmers. So, you know, great, great run in Kansas City for Remmers, but probably not somebody you want to bring back at almost 33 years old. Next up is quarterback Mike Hughes, who the Chiefs liked a lot. He's only 24. He'll be 25 probably when next season starts. He's cheap right now, costing about $2.4 million. Again, it, it, I think at times this year, Hughes played well and at times he didn't. But what are you going to do in terms of depth at the cornerback position, right? He's a guy who knows your system. He knows Spagnuolo's system. He's one, I think, that you know he's not going to be on the high priority list for the Chiefs. But again, you don't want to just roll in there with – you got Charvarius Ward if you re-sign him and Legereus Sneed and no one else. So you need to have some depth. So the Chiefs have to take a hard look at the cornerback market and decide what they want to do. And again, the, w- there's going to be a lot of guys on this list who – you look at and you say, hey, man, like these are interchangeable pieces. I could find another guy that's as good as Hughes. Can I get him for cheaper? And they're going to be making decisions like that. But there is some value in knowing the defense. If they're sticking with Steve Spagnuolo, some guys who understand. So you, you don't have that learning curve that, that you had with with a guy like Jaron Reed. Just checking out the chat here. Trembley says Hughes is a good fourth or fifth cornerback. Steve all says Hughes is versatile. Keep. Evan says Hughes always gets targeted. Because uh, he's not very good, lol. Red says Hughes will be super cheap. Yeah, look, I don't think th- this isn't a season where Hughes just like increased his value, right? So it's sort of like a Demarcus Robinson situation for me. Um, knows the defense. <clears throat> I think you bring him back if you can. He's he's still pretty young and could still develop at just 24. Uh, all right, next one. This is everybody's favorite here. Daniel Sorensen, uh, 31 years old, got torched a lot this year. Uh, played better down the stretch when the Chiefs put him in different spots, but still uh, wasn't as as impactful a player as he was in years past, particularly the Chiefs Super Bowl run. Look, I love Dirty Dan. I really do. I'm sorry that he played poorly this year. He ran out of gas. It happens. But he's been a really good player for the Chiefs in the past, a good uh, rotational piece. But his time has come. Like, this is it. 
He's not getting any more athletic. He's not getting any smarter in coverage or those types of things. So even though he knows the defense and he has a history with the team, he's got to go. He just did not play well this year. He looked done, right? And even though he's a guy the Chiefs trust, go get somebody else who's like 24 that you trust. Daniel Sorensen, cut. Uh, and I see most of you in the chat <clears throat> tend to agree with me that the poll on Hughes was 62% to cut Hughes. Uh, and that was through 26 votes. Okay. Next up, Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle's 28. For some reason in my head, I always thought he was a little bit younger, but I guess he stayed in college for a while. Um, 2.1 million. Look, this is, this is Pringle really stepped up this year. He had a really nice season for the Chiefs. I don't think he's, you know, he's not a guy you want to rely on. He could continue to improve, but again, like he's 28 already. So he's a guy that like, he may want to test the free agent water. So the Chiefs may have to be careful here. And that while they might like to bring Pringle back, they're probably not going to overpay him, but there might be some teams out there who are like, Hey, this guy played for the Chiefs. He had some decent numbers last year. He was a little bit of a reliable target for Patrick Mahomes. There might be some other team out there that's looking for a number three receiver that just has more salary cap than the Chiefs and want to throw him more money. So I think the Chiefs would like to have Pringle back as as a number four wide receiver depth piece. I don't think he should be a number three for this team. I think this team should load up on really talented receivers for Patrick Mahomes, give themselves protection. Because if you know you run into a situation where Tyree Kill gets hurt and you're looking and you're like, okay, we've got McCole Hardman and Byron Pringle and Travis Kelsey, not really as dynamic and explosive of an audi- uh, of an offense. 30 votes for 100% keep Pringle. <clears throat> Listen, guys, I agree with you. Keep Pringle, but you can't overpay for this guy. He's not. He's just not that dynamic of a player. So I think the Chiefs can find they can I know the Chiefs can easily find a wide receiver out there that can produce as much as Pringle did for this team. So the price has to be right. But yeah, if you can bring Byron Pringle back, absolutely bring him back for another season. Chad Henney, he's 36.6 years old, backup quarterback. I've been uncomfortable with the Chiefs backup quarterback situation for a while now. I Andy seems to prefer going with these like older veteran guys. I think this is a mistake. Now, I know Chad Henney came in in a playoff game, played clutch for the Chiefs. That was awesome. But like my favorite team and and the way that they're approaching, like I like teams that have backup quarterbacks that fit their system, right? Look at the Baltimore Ravens this year. Just they they had guys that they used to have RG3, right? And then they brought in Tyler Huntley. Um, That I think is the way that the Chiefs should do it. They should get a Mahomes-esque type of player, somebody who can move a little bit, somebody with a big arm, somebody that has a similar playing style to Patrick Mahomes that's going to fit the offense. Like Chad Henney ain't that guy, right? Matt Moore ain't that guy. You have to change the whole offense around when a guy like that comes in. It it limits what you can do, okay? So, and and remember, like guys get hurt. Pat's been hurt before. And if he, if let's say he got hurt, and, and this is a Super Bowl caliber team, right? So you want somebody back there, like if Pat gets hurt, for like, let's say he's going to, God forbid, miss like six games or something. You need somebody who can keep you in the playoff race because all you need to do is get to the, like, who cares? Like, yeah, it's going to hurt seeding or whatever, but you need somebody who can like play 500 ball, keep the team in it or something until Pat gets back. Uh, Benson Myers says, get Mariota. Absolutely. I love that idea. Um, a guy with starting experience, a guy who can run the football, a guy you can actually maybe use in some sub packages, but somebody who can come in 
and is a little bit dynamic and fits a little bit of the style of what the Chiefs can do on offense. Um, Dylan says uh, Shane Bouchelle looked kind of good in preseason. Absolutely. Maybe maybe he's their guy. Maybe we, we get a little bit of a better look at him. I like the idea of having a, a veteran Henny type around as well, right? Um, so so maybe you, you get somebody like that to be your third string. Like, hey, what's Ryan Fitzpatrick doing, right? Does he want to play another year? Sign him. He's QB three, though. Right. And and get somebody who fits the offense a little bit better and groom sort of a younger guy who understands the system in case the Chiefs need to somebody who can come in and play for a stretch and win some games for them. Uh, all right. Next up is running back Daryl Williams, 26.8 years old, not making anything this year. A million six. Listen, um, this is a this is a really interesting one as as well. I think you bring back Daryl Williams if you can, but I'm not sure the Chiefs are going to be able to. Daryl Williams is one of these guys that I think maybe did get enough playing time to elevate his free agent stock, right? The Chiefs have a first-round draft pick <clears throat> invested in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's not going anywhere. They've got to pay him. So if Daryl Williams, Daryl Williams should absolutely test the free agent market because there could be some teams out there. Look at Damian Williams. He got to deal with the Bears. There's going to be teams interested in him after the way he played this year. Uh, I would love to keep him, but I don't think you should overpay for him. And I'll tell you why. He's fine. Jarek McKinnon was fine. Derek Gore, when he got in there, was fine. We're going to talk about Derek Gore a little bit down the list, but he's a, an exclusive rights free agent. Do you think that there's a huge drop off between Daryl Williams and Derek Gore? If, if your answer is no, then what about the price tag? Daryl Williams could go out there on the market. He could be a lot more expensive. How much drop-off is there to a Jarek McKinnon or to a Derek Gore for that backup running back spot, second running back? So for me, with some of a lot of these guys, he's young. He knows the system. Yes. How much? How much? Would I like to keep him? Sure. But I could very much see Daryl Williams walking just simply because another team offers him more money than the Chiefs are willing to pay. And I don't think that that's a disaster for the Chiefs because I think they have a guy in Derek Gore who looks really exciting and I think can slide right in to that Daryl Williams role. We have uh, attachments to these guys, especially when they come in and play well. But we have to remember this is a business and we don't want to be spending too much money on you know second, third string running backs um, that we just want to keep in house. It's like when you play Madden. If you guys play Madden, you do the salary cap stuff. I'm always trying to like just keep the players the Chiefs have because I like them. And it always gets me into salary cap trouble because I end up overpaying for dudes that like don't even start just because I want to keep them on the team and the, and they have a, they have a, they want more money and they're worth more on the market. Um, and I have to realize I need to let these guys go and sign veterans or other guys that are out there. This is clearly you're getting top shelf analysis here from how I play Madden. Let's see. Uh, 68% want to keep Daryl Williams on 39 votes. All right. Next up, keeper cut, Ben Neiman. What do you guys think? Ben Neiman, keeper cut. He's only 26, you guys. Um, linebacker for the Chiefs, not making anything. Uh, 2021, about a million five. We'll see the we'll see the poll on Ben Neiman. Look, man, he's a special teams player, right? That's who this guy is. He's like a very back, deep end uh, guy, a, a, a linebacker for depth. But yeah, I think he's like again when we talk about guys who we haven't seen play well when they got pressed into action for the Chiefs. That was Ben Neiman. So why not go and get somebody who's a little bit more athletic to back up Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, right? And to play special teams. You don't need to keep Ben Neiman. Spags seems to love him, um, but uh, I just don't think you could keep him <clears throat> based on his play, which hasn't been great. He's, he's good. He's smart up here. I just don't think he has the athleticism that the Chiefs need at the linebacker position. 
on defense to be dynamic. 80% cut for Ben Neiman. Uh, yeah, much maligned Chiefs linebacker. I think it's time to move on. And and look, you've, you've, you've invested a lot into Willie Gay Jr. and to Nick Bolton. Let those guys go out there and then try to find some other good young talent to come up uh, that you know can run a little bit faster. The Chiefs need speed, especially with all these, these, these running quarterbacks in the AFC. You got Lamar Jackson and and, and Josh Allen, these guys can, these guys can scoot a little bit. And so, you know, if you don't have Willie Gay Jr. on the field for some reason, you, it, it'd be good to have more athleticism at the linebacker position. I'd make that a priority. They don't have to be like world beaters because they're not going to be starting anyway, but not Ben Neiman. Next up, Kyle Long. See, uh, d- didn't do anything. He's 33. He was injured most of the season. Yeah. He just, this was a depth play, a, a why not contract, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Chiefs. Uh, early in the season as they were looking to revamp their line and make sure that they never were had depth problems again or that they couldn't p- protect Patrick Mahomes again. It was a good signing. It didn't work out. He's too old. You're, he hasn't played in years, including last year. You're not bringing him back. Next up, Demarcus Robinson. He's 27. I think it's the same thing as last year, right? Y- you just don't need him. You know you want to upgrade at the wide receiver position. The Chiefs had a lot to do last year, and they chose to focus on the offensive line, and that was the right call. They went to the AFC Championship game. Pat had his protection. It didn't work out, but now it's time to circle back around if you're Brett Veach and figure out the depth at that wide receiver position, get you a good solid number two, get you a good solid slot receiver. Obviously, McCole Hardman's going to be in that mix as well. Demarcus Robinson, he's been here forever. He is what he is, which is unspectacular. And he runs backwards more often than he runs forward when he catches the ball, which in my view is a huge problem. I don't know what Andy Reid thinks about that, but this is a guy that you can go out there, you can find somebody else. There's tons of receivers in the NFL. You drafted a guy in Cornell Powell, who obviously is not ready yet as Rob, but you're keeping him on the roster. He was signed to a reserves future contract. So get a look at him. Um, Demarcus Robinson is just not a needle mover for this team. Let him go out, test his luck in free agency. The only reason he came back this year was because nobody else wanted him. All right, next up is Blake Bell, tight end. Keeper cut, everybody. Blake Bell, 30 years old, um, not going to be expensive, blocking tight end. This is a guy, this all comes down to scheme and what Andy wants to do. The Chiefs, obviously, they drafted Noah Gray. They really like him. He can block a little bit. He's a pass catcher, not as dynamic, obviously, as somebody like Travis Kelsey. Bell's doing a nice job. Like, I know we all had a, oh, God, who was that? Who was that, li- that tight end last year that was, was terrible and was dropping everything? God, I can't spit out his name right now. Bell's been fine. Like, he's made some plays. He's caught some balls for the Chiefs, showed some pretty decent hands. Um, good utility player, somebody obviously that you, you're going to be using dynamically in the offense. But as a blocker, the Chiefs like him. He knows the he, he knows the system, so I'm fine with bringing him back on a like another one or two year contract. Uh, oh yeah, Nick Kaiser. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you, that guy was awful. Um, <laughs> Blake Bell is not that guy. He's been really solid for the Chiefs. Uh, Andy likes to have that blocking tight end in his offense, so I'm sure there's some other guys out there that that the Chiefs might be interested in. But um, I, I'd bring back Bell as long as he's going to cost you a million five or something a year. I'm okay with that. Uh, next up, and, and, and in the chat, we got I got some people say it's sort of looks fifty uh, fifty. Richard, do we do a poll on Blake Bell? Uh, Time Traveler says Bell will be uh, uh, a good intermission when we draft a tight end. Trust in Beach, eighty eighty percent to keep. Okay, so we're on the same page with Bell. All right, uh, Alex Okafor, uh, defensive end. He's thirty. No, they're re- they're redoing the whole whole defensive line. This isn't a guy that's really going to be an impact player for the Chiefs. 
Austin Blythe, guard center, signed from the Rams uh, a year ago. Thought he might start, but then Creed Humphrey happened. Didn't make an impact. He was he was uh, he was inactive a lot this season. So that's a guy, uh, Austin Blythe. It just depends on what the Chiefs want to do with the depth on their offensive line. We didn't really get a good look at him. He was a, he was a fine player w- when he was starting for the Rams. He's got experience. So um, depending on how they feel about their ability to you know their backup center situation, uh, having a swing guard, um, I'm fine for bringing a guy like Blythe back. Not really knowing a ton about you know, what, where he is right now and his development or, or his, you know, uh, athleticism at, at 29. But, you know, the, I'm sure they could find a, a, a suitable replacement for Blythe if he wants too much money. But he didn't really play this year. So he could be a guy. I mean, he was under a million. It was $990,000 is what this guy was making. So he costs – he's basically free. He's basically a minimum player. So I leave that one up to the coaching staff. They know better than me. If they want to bring Blythe back, fine. Uh, next up, another running back. Jet Jarek McKinnon. He's 29. He was, again, this was another guy the Chiefs were paying $990,000 minimum player. He's, this is a guy where he also kind of showed out a little bit right towards the very end of the season. So I don't think he had as much impact as Daryl Williams did. And remember, Daryl Williams is 26, where Jarek McKinnon is 29. Uh, I like Jarek McKinnon's blocking. I like how hard he plays that dude when he gets the ball. A lot of guys, they run out of bounds, you know, especially running backs who aren't that big. Not McKinnon, man. He puts his head down. He catches those swing passes on the on the sideline. And guess what? He's going to put his helmet right into your sternum, and he's going to get two extra yards. He's not going to run out of bounds. I like that. I don't think he's going to get offered a ton of money on the free agent market. Why not bring him back for a similar salary, pay him a million bucks, go off Jet McKinnon, and and be a, a third String running back for the Chiefs. I'm 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 all for it. Um, you got him. You got Derek Gore. You got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You're looking okay. Uh, let's see what the uh, what you guys think. McKinnon keeps says Jerry. <clears throat> McKinnon can run or take a toss or dunk on any defense in the league. McKinnon was really popular. It, it, he played really hard down the stretch. Like we said, um, looked really good. Uh, I don't I don't know that at this point in his career, like we know who Jarek McKinnon is, which is just a fine running back. Right. Uh, I don't think he's anything special, even though he had a few few good games for the Chiefs, but he does a lot of things well. And I think he fits in with this team and fits really important. So bring him back next up fullback, Michael Burton. He's 30 again, making nothing. Nine hundred grand. Yeah, fine. Sure. Does he want to come back? Is there another fullback out there? Do the Chiefs want to use the fullback a lot? You know, he did a great job picking up first downs this year when they like to run him, having somebody like that. Because the Chiefs don't run the quarterback sneak, that fullback dive that they run when they get in those third and short situations or fourth down situations is an important play for them. Nobody wants Patrick Mahomes diving headfirst into a line of 300-pound men anymore. I understand that. So, you know, for that ability alone, I like Burton, but I'm sure the Chiefs could find a younger fullback if they wanted to, but he's not going to cost anything, knows the offense, trust him to block, do those things, bring him back. Uh, and it seems like most of you guys agree as well, seeing a lot of uh, Keith Burton. Andy Reid loves his fullbacks, keep him. Yeah, he's a big fella himself, right? Um, don't want to see that position die out. I like how Mike Shanahan uses the fullback out in San Francisco as well. I think it's... Um, I'd like to see a little more innovation there. I think you could really catch some teams off guard because they just ignore the fullback. They're not used to seeing him on the field, period. <clears throat> All right. Uh, keeper cut, Derek Nottie, defensive tackle, 25. He's making $900,000. 
I, I like Derek Nottie. I think they should keep him. He's young. He gets you some depth or along the defensive line. He knows the system. He's made a few plays in there for the Chiefs, a few pass rushes. I'm all for keeping him as long as he's not all of a sudden wanting three or $4 million a year or something stupid like that. He's played well for the Chiefs. Keep him. And, you know, again, he's at a, in an age, too, where he could continue to develop, but a good uh, rotational defensive piece for the Chiefs. I'm seeing everybody out there uh, saying keep him. Naughty was good, says red. Tremblay says keep. Steve Wells says keep. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we all agree here. Naughty's, Naughty's a keeper just as long as he doesn't want too much money. Andrew Wiley, tackle, 27, $900,000. Uh, this is a keeper for me. Uh, if Wiley wants to come back and he doesn't think he's, you know, he, I, I think he's, I think you could say to him, like, you know, you got a chance to maybe fight for the starting job here. He played so well down the stretch for the Chiefs, wasn't a problem. Um, and again, remember, he's, you know, he's 27, so he's still young, shouldn't cost too much money. Bring him in at a reasonable contract because the upside probably isn't crazy. Uh, you got Lucas Nyang there. Figure out your right tackle situations. If you want to bring somebody else in to compete for that, I don't think that that's one that's set in stone for the Chiefs. That's the one position along the offensive line, um, but it's an it's an important position. And Wiley Wiley played it and played well for the Chiefs in the playoffs and down the stretch. I think everybody seems to agree here. Keep, <clears throat> excuse me, Andrew Wiley. Um, normally when I need to clear my throat, Verderam's talking for like, he'll, you know, go and talk for 15 minutes straight and I can mute and I can clear my throat. So apologize for coughing into the mic. Hope you guys understand. Um, all right. Next up, Orlando Brown, 25 years, Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, 25 years old, almost 26. He is due for a big contract. Wasn't making very much this year. I'm going to pull out his market value here. If the, the page is, uh, the page died on me. So I'll pull out his market value. Look, you're absolutely keeping Orlando Brown Jr. I've seen some people on Twitter who are like, let him walk. And I'm like, are you on drugs? The Chiefs traded a third round or a first round pick to get this guy. He's the guy right now. Do you want to sign him long term or do you want to just get a, get another look at him for another year? There's a, a few different things the Chiefs can do. Um, they could use the franchise tag on him. I'm not exactly sure how much that would be. But just so you know, he's going to be expensive. Starting left tackle, National Football League, twenty three point three million uh, is what SportsRack thinks his 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 annual salary could be. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Um, but you know, spread sign him to a long deal. He's young, right? He's only twenty five. Sign him to a long deal, and you've got your left tackle position set for the next five or six years. You can spread out some of that money on a signing bonus. And, and, and go from there. This is an important position. It's not, you don't want to get cheap on left tackle. So Orlando Brown Jr., you traded for the guy for a reason. And I think he played perfectly fine this year. We talked about it on Tuesday, Matt Connor and myself. I thought he played a little bit better than Eric Fisher played for the Chiefs. And remember, this is his first year starting at left tackle and starting at left tackle for the Chiefs. There's a little bit of a learning curve there. He came from a totally different offense in, in Baltimore that likes to run the ball. So I'm totally fine with Orlando Brown Jr. coming back. In fact, I would, I'd be pissed if for some reason they didn't keep him. Um, it should be no question considering the draft capital they gave up to, to get him. And he certainly did not play poorly enough to warrant letting him walk after, you know, after that season. Uh, and after the, the draft capital that the Chiefs gave up to get him. Um, okay, next up is Marcus Kemp. 
I feel like Marcus Kemp's one of those guys that I, I feel like has been around forever. And the dude is only 26 years old. Um, core special teams player. Dave Tobe loves him. Not going to cost a lot of money. Not going to have much value on the open market. So why not bring him back? I say you absolutely bring him back. Next up is Dorian O'Daniel, outside linebacker. He's 27. O'Daniel's been around for a while now, too. Play some special teams. Sure. Do you want to bring him back? At a certain point with some of these guys, though, like they're never going to – he's not a starter. He's not going to be a starting level player. So it's just – it's just a matter of of how long does he want to be around with the Chiefs or does he want to go to another team or see if he can get a little bit more money? Probably not going to happen. So what do you guys think? I'm, I'm fine with keeping O'Daniel special teams. Brings a little bit of speed. They never put him out there. Um, so, you know, as a depth piece, uh, if you try to go out and get somebody else, you might end up, he might end up costing more than, than O'Daniel is going to cost you. So I, that'd be fine with me. Um, looks like most of you guys agree with me. <laughs> Nate says, meh. Jason says to keep Keith says, meh. Yeah. I mean, like he's one of these guys, like we haven't seen him a ton, right? Like he's gotten in there a little bit. He's, you know, fl- he's got some athleticism, but like, is it, is it somebody like, you know, if, if we're, if we're running out of, if we're running out of, uh, uh, money, do we keep Dorian O'Daniel? No, we don't. Matt Connor is here. He's come to my rescue 51 minutes into keeper cut. Um, Matt Connor, <laughs> keeper cut Dorian O'Daniel. I mean, cut is this? Is this 2018? <laughs> right. Is this 2019? What's happening? What, 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 why do you want to cut him though? He's 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 he 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 doesn't play except for special teams. He's 27. He doesn't cost anything. Depth no, piece. Right. I, I mean, he's up for free agency, right? So that's right. Yeah, we're doing keeper cut with the free agents. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just makes it makes no sense to me to. Uh, to re-sign a guy like that when you when the veteran minimum is going to be double the price of just grabbing another, you know, like for what he does, you can just sign a flyer and 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 free. Tell me, Darius Harris can't do the exact same thing that he's doing, or you know, something like that. So, so you say um, go get a younger guy that you could pay even less. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's either like I think you go all in heavy money on elite guys, and then I think you go all in on super cheap, cost controlled youth elsewhere you know to me it makes max spending and then minimum spending it's that middle ground spending that makes no sense it's like where you're kind of sort of paying a lot for average above average play i just don't get that you see to find a way to squeeze salary cap space out of everywhere and so you know yeah and and we've hit a lot of guys on the list like that where you're like, eh, I mean, he's a depth piece. Like if the price is right, sure, fine. But there's probably a replacement player out there. So it all comes down to the dollars and, and Brad yep. Beach at that point. Next up is uh, is Chris Lamont, cornerback, 26 years old, been hanging around him for a cup of coffee. Um, same deal, right? He made $780,000. He's an exclusive. So we're into our exclusive rights free agents right, right now. So the Chiefs um, just offer him a veteran minimum or the, yeah. like the minimum deal for him, and he automatically yeah. has to accept it. Yep, yep. He can't go anywhere, so they're keeping him around. Um, next up is Armani Watts, 25. He's been around for a while. He's an unrestricted free agent. I just don't think that – I mean, you know, they use him some special teams, but, like, they just – they obviously don't have a ton of confidence in this guy because they kept putting Sorensen out there 
when they had Armani Watts sitting on the bench. Do you think there's any chance Armani Watts comes back or is this it for him? I mean, it's got to be it, right? You have interesting guys on the bench. Like, uh, remember Devin Key? Do you remember him from last oh, year? Oh, Devon Key. Yeah, yeah. Right? Is it Devon or Devin? I mean, it could be Devon for all I know. <laughs> you know, what do we know, right? But, but, like, but Verderam said that he heard from some sources that Chiefs were really high on him, and we thought he was going to make the roster. Uh, we did. He looked out. great. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. In the early training camp, he looked excellent. And um, and then the problem came in and that when it when it actually came to preseason games, he was like totally like outmatched. It was like yeah. during practice and, and drills and stuff, you're like, wow, this kid is flashing. But the game, I think, was too fast for him, even at a preseason level. And so he's perfect, he's the perfect kind of kid where you like give him a year, let the game catch up to him. They loved his toughness out of yeah. out of Western Kentucky. He loved it. Plus, yeah. he played three years as a corner and one year as a safety. So he's got like max versatility. Um, he's he's tough as nails. Sure tackler. Um, I, I just think like instinctually he was like thinking too much and then responding and just getting burned yeah. left and right. Just needs a little bit more seasoning. Uh, the Kentucky and in the chat says Devon Key went to high school 25 minutes from me. Maybe you can tell us how to pronounce his name correctly. Um, yeah, I think this is a guy who needed some seasoning. They're keeping him around. We'll see what happens in the offseason. But he's he's one of these guys that the Chiefs need guys like this. They need guys like this to continue to remain com- to competitive. They need guys to come out of nowhere, sort of, that they scout really well. And then all of a sudden you've got a really low cost starter or really high quality backup that can help you out in these types of situations. So you're not trying to be like, well, let's bring, you know, let's bring Dirty Dan back for another tour of duty. And it's like a weekend at Bernie's situation for that guy. Yeah. All right. The, Go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to say, by the way, uh, Zane Anderson, the, the kid out of BYU, right? He's older. He goes on mission. He's like 26 years old or something already. Um, and, and, um, but remember, like he had a couple miscues on special teams that had fans with like torches and pitchforks going, who is this Zane Anderson kid and get him the hell yeah. off my favorite team? But yeah. the Chiefs kept playing him. And in fact, if you follow his snap counts, it kept going higher and higher. And he went from playing only special teams to even subbing a little bit on defense. And that kind of progression and that kind of commitment to him, despite like those really clear miscues in like week yeah. 16 or whatever it was, shows how much the Chiefs actually like his game and how much Dave Tobe and others are like really fighting for him. And so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me to see him like easily slot into the Armani Watch role for, for l- like less money than even Watch was making, which wasn't much. And, um, and I think we're going to see a lot more of him because the Chiefs were stubbornly committed to him in those snap counts. It's not the kind of move that's going to make a lot of waves and people will overlook it because it's like, who cares about Zane Anderson? But those kind of glue guys are so important and the chiefs really like something here uh, in particular. Great, great catch there. Good analysis. And I'm sure people will be thrilled after those biscuits he made to hear that the chiefs are committed to (laughs) it. Um, uh, uh, The Kentuckian tells us that it's Devon. So you were right. right. Yeah, you were right. Um, My, my Midwestern, I'm, it looks I'm like just Devin. an ignorant man. It just what am it I even depends doing on here? if you knew a Devon, right? You'd say a Devon. If you knew a Devin, you'd say Devin. You know what's funny? Quick, quick yeah. personal story. My real first legal name is is Jared, right? So my parents couldn't agree on what to name me, so they literally flipped a coin. But they both thought Matt was a better middle name, so they call me the only name they could agree on. 
My father wins. He wants to call me Jared, but he spells it J-E-R-O-D, right? Gerard. So, so for the rest of my life, I've been like every class is Gerard Connor there. And, and then, yeah, it's just the whole thing. Parents, be kind to your Matthew. kids and what you name them. Yeah. That's your PSA for today. So you're not, your name is not Matthew. It's your middle name. Correct. Yeah. And my name is Robert. Did you know that? Have you ever no, been on do you go by your middle name that? too? I go by my middle name. My name is Robert Patrick Allen. You notice the, t- the Twitter handle you is have three R. Names, Patrick. Three first names. I know. Never trust a person with two first names and never, definitely never trust a person with three first names. <laughs> That's true. You <laughs> That's are R. Patrick Allen on Twitter. R. R. Patrick Allen. Yeah. Uh, I was Robert. And when I grew up, everybody called me Bobby when I was a kid. So if you meet somebody who went to elementary school, who's know known you. me my whole life. my I know, right? My family calls me Bobby. And my friends from college, I started going by Bob because I was like, I didn't like Bobby. So it seemed too, you know, juvenile. Uh, all my friends from college call me Bob. I never really like liked the name very much. And I always liked my middle name when I went to grad school. Started going by Patrick. And yeah, been Patrick ever since. It was a bold yeah, move to... Real identities to people. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even notice the difference when people people say them to me. But um, that's, uh, that's somebody says cut Patrick. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely <laughs> cut me. I've uh, definitely lost a lot of my lateral quickness. Um, all right, Jody Fortson. He's an exclusive rights free agent. He'll be back. Did they make him an offer? They did, right? They made, they made a bunch of offers to people, right? Uh, I think Fortson is just still on, under contract, right? Like, uh, he, I mean, Fortson didn't get a futures deal, if that's what you meant. But yeah, I'm assuming, yeah. I, I think Fortson's s- still under contract. Oh, no, I read this wrong. That's Joe Fortson. Joe Fortson. Speaking of people with multiple names. Right? Yeah. Confusing. And lastly, Derek Gore. Running back, ex- exclusive rights, free agent. Is he free? Is he exclusive rights? That's what Sports Rack says. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that fe- that feels automatic, doesn't it? Especially with yeah. Daryl Williams and 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 Jarrett McKinnon hitting free agency, or at least with the p- potential of that. Yeah. And before you got here, we talked about Daryl Williams, and my contention was I like him. Bring him back if you can. But I think he's maybe done enough this year to go out on the market and get like a decent contract from somebody. It's probably more than the Chiefs are going to be willing to pay. And you got a guy like Derek Gore. And, and, and McKinnon, you may be able to get back for very cheap as well. Um, he played well, but not till the very end of the season. So, so that's it for Keeper Cut. It took a while. We got through everybody. Uh, appreciate all y'all's input on that. That was a lot of fun. Next up, the thing we, uh, we're going to kind of speed some things up and we may not be able to get all the topics that we wanted to get to. In fact, we talked about this, Matt, you and I talked about this as far as positional groups to, 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 to tackle. This one came from Aerodatic members, USAF Chiefs fan and Hidden Anguish. They said, uh, you know, what are what are the positional groups that she should focus on? And I think we talked about this on Tuesday. Defensive line, pass rusher. You know, jo- Josh Fan from from Aradatic wanted to know if if the D line would get an overhaul this year, like the offense did. And I think we talked about this on Tuesday. You agree with that, right? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I'm I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do it with so much money already wrapped up there. They're going to need some agents to be real. Um, flexible um and tyron responded to a fan today about being flexible about his own money and with frank clark's comments about saying kansas city is home to me maybe there's a chance for a restructured deal that takes that cap number and and just really you know condenses it i mean you need it to be condensed by half or or you know maybe 40 percent but but uh yeah i'm with you it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard to do but brett veach seemed to be saying as much 
Do you want Frank Clark back? Like if he's affordable, do you want him back or do you, or do you want to move on and, and get somebody who's, you know, a little more consistent maybe? Um, I get that, but we don't even have anyone on the other side. I mean, then you're looking right. at, at two pillars where you really have no one, you know, do you have, is Melvin Ingram coming back? He's going to take a lot of time. Is Mike Dana going to make the leap? Is Josh Kando going to do anything at all? Uh, Turk Wharton, you know, can 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 be a little bit um, can slide into multiple slots along the line, but but um, again, there's no like proven product, and so I think that just puts the impetus on Brett Veach to have to go get two like notable cornerstones. Right. That if that if Frank Clark would restructure a deal and 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 be in like a fourteen million dollar range. I would sign up for that. I would sign up for that right now. Would you? Yeah, I would. I, and like in lieu of, unless they have a plan like to, to get some people who are bet like Frank Clark is still really talented, even though he's maybe not as consistent as we would like. Or and I think a lot of the heat Frank Clark takes is because of the contract that he has and everything that she's paid to get him. That's part of it. Right. Um, but I think you have to kind of throw that out the window. This is a new contract essentially. Right. If you're going to try to resign him or extend him, So, you know, there's, I think there's a good chance he gets cut, but they they, get, they have to have a good plan to replace him. And if they don't, then you might have to look at trying to find a way to bring him back because it's like, who are you going to get that's better? If you can, great. I want to ask you, though, what about Wallace Gilberry? Should the Chiefs bring back Wallace Gilberry? <laughs> I'm for I love it. that guy. Let's get Sean Smith guy. back in there. Yeah. Um, we used to call just... him. We used to call him Perv Smith on the site on Arrowhead Attic long before your time. For, you Perf remember Smith. what he used to do, right? In the piles. I, I don't know that I do. He used to he, remember he had that whole stretch where he was grabbing guys by the junk and like and, and getting personal foul penalty. Like they were getting he was causing <laughs> the other team to get personal foul penalties because he this happened like on more than one occasion where You're Sean joking. Smith. Yeah, no, Sean Smith ga- gra- would grab a guy's j- junk and squeeze and then they'd tee off on him and then we get a flag. This happened a couple times and there were a couple <laughs> stories about it. And um uh, uh, big Matt Finucane, who used to write, used to write for the site, uh, big Matt back in the day started calling him in his columns, Perv Smith. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just, that's incredible. Asked, that's incredible. Yeah. That, those are the days, man. That, that was what we had to, uh, talk about when I ran the site was Sean Smith's grabbing people's junk is Wallace Gilberry, the next Derek Thomas. I mean, that, that was how, that was where we were at. Um, all right. So um, uh, Cheeto Freak wanted to know what actions will we take as a fan base if Sorensen and Neiman come back? I mean, what are you gonna what are you gonna do if anyone <laughs> wants to start like flying airplane banners over the stadium or something right. for a team that's been to like two of the last three Super Bowls? I don't even know what to begin to tell you. Do you? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, it's that'd be boy, that'd be a low blow. I like Dirty Dan. I don't want to. I don't want to like. I don't want to humiliate Dirty Dan. It's not his fault. And he's yeah. done a lot of good for the Chiefs. And you know, I think I don't I like that play he made in that Texans game, man. That Super Bowl run. Don't sleep on that play. Like, man, Dan Dan Sorensen has saved the Chiefs on many occasions. Right. right. Uh yeah, we, we lose sight of that pretty quickly, but I hope that history remembers Dan Sorensen more fondly than maybe like what his, like our memories of his final year or two have been. Yeah. Red, red says his fault for not retiring. (laughs) Uh, I guess you have a point there. Um, All right. 
I got a couple of listener reviews here I want to get to, and I'm I'm really excited to read this. I'm so I'm so glad you made it in, Matt, because I'm excited to read this one for you. Uh, this is from Dobby is a free elf. Love the podcast. Matt Connor, all caps, is amazing. And Matt Verderam, misspelled, Sterling, and Patrick Allen are absolute garbage. I'm so sorry that Matt Connor has to be on a podcast with you guys. It's still a good podcast, though, because of <laughs> Matt Connor. Crying I emoji. That. I wrote that. Yeah. I'm sorry. That had to have been you, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Was it really you? It, it wasn't me. Do- Dobby yeah. is a free elf. I'm Dobby assuming a that's a Harry elf. Potter thing, but I don't remember enough about yeah. Dobby to make to to know what. Yeah, I think this is in response to the last time we did listener reviews. There was one, and they were, they were like, "Verderam is great. Glad he's on our side." Sterling and Patrick are great too. And they just didn't mention you. And I kind of called them out. I'm like, what about Matt Connor, man? I'm kind of glad uh, someone's sticking up for me out there. I appreciate yeah. Dobby, whoever, and wherever you are. Dobby is a free elf. And if Dobby's um, not, if, if Dobby, even if that's your middle name and you have a different first name, just yeah. know that we love, I love you and appreciate you. It probably is my mom. My mom wouldn't even say that stuff. My mom wouldn't be so rude to Patrick. <laughs> right. Right. Let very and savage appreciate you for the super chat. <laughs> He says, Andy Reid has me <laughs> locked up in his foot closet. Help, help. Jackson Mahomes in here with me. Help us, help us. <laughs> now, that is a fine use of the super chat because he's like, I know they're going to read it. Right? It's a good so, laugh. Yeah, thank you for that. Latvarian Savage. I hope that's your real name, man. That's a great name. Um, okay. That's uh, great. Next, next listener review. And, and remember, if you want to have your review read on, on the podcast, uh, you could do a super chat, um, which we appreciate. This is not required. And you could always go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review over there. Um, next one comes from uh, Hunter 95 Great podcast. Great coverage throughout the season. I would honestly like to hear your opinions on Brittany and Jackson since they appear to not be able to stay out of the headlines. I have something to say about this. And it kind of goes back, if you were listening the whole time, to what I talked about earlier in the podcast about Twitter and the cesspool that it can be that it can become. Look, man, I'm 38 years old. All right, TikTok's not for me. Like, I get on there. I'm on there because I need to be for work and I need to like follow trends and stuff. Uh, VP of content for fans said it, but like, it's not like the dancing and like some of that. I just like I don't understand it. It's not of my generation. Like, I you know I see it. Some of it, I'm like, what are these people doing? It's kind of obnoxious. So like. The Jackson Mahomes and, and Brittany and the TikToks and all that stuff, it's not for me, right? Like, it's not for me. I'm like, okay, why? Whatever. But like, why does everybody care so much, I guess, is my question. You know, like, and I think it's because people are just mean. Like, they're just mean and miserable. Like, you know, okay, so you find Jackson Mahomes annoying or you find Brittany annoying. Like, then just don't fucking watch. Like, what do you care? Like, just enjoy Patrick Mahomes. Enjoy the Chiefs. Like, the thing is, as I don't follow Pat, I don't follow uh, Jackson Mahomes on TikTok or anything, right? The only time I see Jackson Mahomes or Brittany on 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 social media or TikTok usually is because there's some Chiefs fan like bitching about how annoying they are, and I'm like, you're just so. Then why? You know, it's like if there's like a television show, you don't have to watch this stuff, you don't have to consume it, and so like it gets into this territory where as as a Chiefs kingdom and as a fan base, we're like. Not all of us, not most of us, but some of us are just like being miserable. And like, man, life is too short. Like to worry about uh, ja- Jackson Mahomes is like 22 or whatever, and he wants to TikTok dance. Like, is he hurting anybody? Uh, you know, so then just I, my my opinion is just let it go. Like, I hate that that we have to we have to talk about this stuff. 
but that sometimes it becomes a story. But that's sort of kind of the that's kind of comes with the territory of having a guy like Patrick Mahomes, right? He is a superstar, not just in the NFL world, like guys of this caliber, athletes of this caliber, like a LeBron James or a Serena Williams, like they become, everybody knows who they are. They become one of the most recognizable figures out there. And then what happens is people latch on people. That's why magazines like People Magazine exist and, you know, celebrity gossip and all that stuff. They dive in. If you search for Brittany Matthews, you're going to see her written about all over people.com, right? Because that's what they do. People care. So I think if you don't, just sit it out, you know, like just enjoy the football stuff, scroll past it and like don't engage. Don't like don't let it bother you. I think everybody just wants to be left alone. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. It's not for me, but I also recognize. I mean, like, again, I'm like you said, you, you know, you're older. I'm older. I like there are things I don't get. But also, like if I was a Muppet, I would be like <laughs> one of those two old men, Statler and Waldorf, who sat yeah. in the balcony, like making yeah. fun of everything and like. Everything sucks and ha ha ha. Like that's my natural demeanor anyway. So, right. I mean, of course, with like TikTok or any like a- any of this stuff, like the champagne spraying on people. Like, I am totally the kind of person who'd be like, "Yo, if that shit got on me and I'm out there, I'm gonna be like pissed." Yeah. At the same time, at the same time, you know, look, all these are young kids who have a ton of money and a ton of fame and the lights and cameras on them at all times. And you know, if I had that much money when I was 21 to 25, I'm going to do crazy stuff too. And I'm glad there wasn't a reporter following me around to document, you know, all, all, all those tales or whatever. So, you know, yeah. for me, I just have to mute that stuff on Twitter. I like, I just stay away from it. I just don't care. And yeah. my own personal opinion about it. I have to remember no one cares what I think. So right. even if I don't like it, like I need to be adult enough to go, you know what? Not everyone social media to me. So I'll, I'll just, I'll say this real quickly. So I grew up in like this, uh, I grew up in like a little church growing up and there was a sound guy that would always leave like the front microphone on that, like the main like singer guy would go in and all the kids after church would like run up there and just like, because it's a hot mic, they would just go like, Hey, and then they'd like run away or they'd say like, <laughs> right. they'd say like, hello, 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 hello. Like they'd make a bunch of noise just because yeah. they could. Because like the mic was there and it was on. And I think social media for me is nothing but that hot mic at the front where like, just because it's on, we feel like we need to go up and just go like, Hey, like just to say something (laughs) that's just because we can. And so I think, I think maturity in a digital age just means, yeah, you don't have to say it just because you can. And I think that's a hard lesson to learn on Twitter. And and it's, it's like, there's a, there's a a compulsion and I've done it. Like I've, I've done some of the things that at the top of the show I talked about, like, oh, we all just can't wait to dunk on somebody because they made a mistake on the internet. I've done that. I've done it maybe this month. You know, it's just like a compulsion that we have. And like, it's not really who I am. It's not really what I believe in. Like what who I am is like, you know, when when we're talking on this podcast and and being genuine or, you know, like I'm giving away a Chiefs hoodie right now, you know, trying to pick up some more Chiefs followers make somebody feel good. And the messages I get are so nice from everybody. And it's like, I feel like I'm like, Oh man, I wish I could just give everybody this hoodie. Cause they're like, Oh, I'm having a tough time. Or, <laughs> you know, I really like this hoodie or it was my birthday, you know? And I'm like, this is great. Like it's a little bit of excitement like that. We have an option with this stuff to use it, to bring out our, like to, to, to lean into our best selves with it or to lean into our worst selves with it. And I think like these, these tools can be useful uh, if we, if we use them, 
responsibly. And so that's what I ask everybody is like, let's try to, let's try to all rally together as, as Chiefs fans and as a fan base um, and, and use it for, for those things as well and, and leave the other stuff. Uh, let, let, I, somebody said once, I can't remember who I heard say it, but they were like, when you're dealing with a troll on the internet, you're in a competition to see who has less free time or who has more free time. <laughs> right. And you'll always lose because you have a life. And I think that that's, that's something to remember. I think yeah. Tyron Matthew needs to realize that. I think Brittany Matthews needs to realize that I need to realize that it's like, you don't have to engage. It's, it's just move along to the next thing if you can. And, and, and as I like to say, go outside and play, got a couple more of these. Oh no. A lot. Oh, here we go. Uh, this one came from Megabyte. I listened to several Chiefs pods. Yours takes your takes post Bengals game are the perfect combo of brutal honesty, constructive criticism, insight, and perspective. Spot on. Fire emoji. Looking forward to coming back better Bye. and greater next year. Go Chiefs. Absolutely. And we'll be here all off season anyway. Rolling for you guys. And then the last one. A four-star review because we didn't have a good enough analysis here. Fans instead of an analysts. This came from Math Gun. Uh, great show by smart and passionate guys. Just heard one of you say, this was me, by the way. <clears throat> Some Chiefs fans want Tyron gone because he doesn't have flashy interceptions. Not true in my case. I love the guy's leadership and energy, but every statistical level he underperforms. Lots of missed tackles, overpursues on blitzes, gets beaten coverage. He's small and his tackling has been pretty poor. I don't care about picks. And I'm not saying he has to go because maybe the argument is that his leadership outweighs his below average performance. But sometimes you guys have blinders on about certain players. And it'd be cool if you just clarified how you're evaluating people. Meanwhile, thanks for the show. I do appreciate you guys. I hope you don't mind this comment. Don't mind it at all. We want all the feedbacks. Yeah. Um, so what's your Pretty take thoughtful. on that? Have we misread Tyron's play? I mean, I think that would go both ways, right? Like, I like I would look at him and go, like, well, what, like, what substandard player are you talking about? I mean, I, th I think there are, I think there are definite moments when every single defensive back in the entire NFL, the Jalen Ramseys, the J.C. Jacksons, the certainly the Tyron Matthews, and and sometimes even the Dan Sorensons look bad, right? And uh, get out of position, the wrong angle, the coverage didn't arrive, the, you know, the, 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 the pass arrives faster than you think it does. The, you know, like exceptional route runners are going to make anyone look, look bad. So, I, you know, I, I understand. Like, I've, I've seen some moments, even this year, watching Tyron where I think, oh, that's... I've also seen a couple of moments where I questioned the effort. And that wasn't just on Tyron. That's been, like, def on the defense as a whole, I've looked and went... Mm. Are we like going a hundred percent here, or 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 because if you're gassed and you need a break, just get off the field for someone who wants to come in with a full effort. So yeah. there have been some of those moments, and I think like a negative review at a restaurant or something, like you can have a hundred good things and then one bad thing, and the one bad thing is the thing that sticks and everyone pays attention to it. And it like, so I you know I wonder if us as fans. We see a couple things, maybe from a tyrant, maybe from someone else. And then those are the things that stick in our head without remembering like, oh, wait, he played 65 snaps that game. And so if there were three that were bad, I mean, you know, Tyron plays 100% of snaps most game, 95%, 98%, 97%, 100%. So, you know, man, if 5% if of those are negative and those plays are going to like echo at a greater volume than others... I think maybe that even like makes us faulty in our own view of him. I'm not sure if I'm answering his question directly, but I just think that there's um, like that all of this is subjective, including box score analysis and the eye test. Um, and, and so 
the Chiefs' fervor to want to bring him back says everything that we should know about them. So, um, you know, if the Chiefs are willing to pony up money for the for time and like money and time to make that kind of commitment to him, even at, even at the age of thirty, that should tell us everything we need to know about the way we evaluate Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I think that's that's really straight on, um, especially the part about plays standing out and it being what you remember. Uh, and how it can kind of color your evaluation of the player when really you have to go back and you have to look at the all 22. And I try to do that every week, um, but it's obviously it's tough to evaluate every single player. So you're usually looking for the things that you, you want to look for, like, oh, how, how was our past defense playing this week? Or, you know, what what schemes are we doing? Those types of things. And, and there's a lot of plays that you don't hear Tyron's name called because he just did his job. And so I, I do think Tyron Matthews is a really good player. I do think sometimes he's his passion can lead to a little bit of an over-aggressiveness. And he, and he has missed some tackles and things that you, you're kind of like, hey, you're coming in too hot, just wrap them up. You know, like you don't need to go for the big hit. You come flying in there and your own momentum ends up working against you. I'm sure yeah. he knows that. He'll, like as Verderan is fond of saying, he knows more football. He'll forget more football than I'll ever know. But like, yeah, you see those things happen and, and you want to continue to play sharp, mistake-free football. But sometimes I think when you're going full bore like that, sometimes you are prone to making some mistakes. Um, but I, I still think he's a really solid player. I think he's a guy that Chiefs want to bring back if they can for a yeah. lot of different reasons. And that is it. We just had one last one from Mr. Toes. Appreciate you. Who are some free agent guys you want to see signed? Look, I think we're going to have a couple like dedicated free agency specials as we kind of get closer into that. So I don't, I don't want us to blow all of our thoughts right now, but is there somebody that, you know, Matt, that's going to be a free agent that you'd like to see the cheese target? I mean, you know, anything like an Allen Robinson, anything like a Juju Smith Schuster, you know, anyone else who can create separation on this offense. Um, I know there are major defensive needs. We've said this before, but it's much easier to pour gas on a fire that's already burning than to really get a fire going on the other side. So I, I think that the Chiefs have to find that third option this offseason. Have to. Yeah, I agree. Allen Robinson's really interesting if they can afford him. Juju, I think they could probably get at a really yep. big bargain. Um, not not very much money at all, but but I think there's a ton of you like the that's a that's a signing I just love because it's like, okay, well you who you're replacing him with like you're replacing a D Rob with this guy. But Correct. this is a guy who's had a, a better season than D Rob ever had in his career. And then his quarterback kind of got hurt and then just was a corpse, right? Like so you know, is it's it's probably a little bit of juju, but it's uh, but it's also the talent is there. We know we've seen him do it. Was he a one hit wonder? Maybe, but he's probably not going to be very expensive. Maybe you bring him in. He's your number three, your number four. You know, if you end up with something like Tyree Kill, and I mean, could you end up with Tyree Kill, Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith Schuster, and McCole Hardman? <laughs> would you be all right with that? I mean, that would that that uh, you know that that's more of an all star team than a realistic roster. I'm a bit, but maybe maybe. It would surprise if you, you can see get, a draft pick go with that. Yeah, maybe you sign yeah. Juju Smith Schuster. Maybe you land, um, you know, Dotson out of Penn State uh, as your wideout. He's a smaller guy, but he's like a Tyler Lockett or Deontay Johnson in terms of his ability to like an exceptional route runner. Like like Tyreek is more than just a speed guy, and and that's this guy too. You can use him in the X the slot wherever. So um, yeah, yeah, I could see that and pair those guys together. The Chiefs have to start thinking about the fact that this group of pass catchers is going to reach their zenith, and Patrick Mahomes is still going to overlap into a new generation of pass catchers. 
Right. And now is around that time where you start to plant those seeds for who is going to be catching the ball when Kelsey says, I'm done, or when Tyreek slows down. We hope that's not anytime soon because we're watching Hall of Fame talent and who wants to stop watching that. But sure. Everything comes to an end and you've got to prepare at some point. Yeah. And that's, and I'll leave you guys with this. Like you do not want to be in a position. And we talked about this on Tuesday, keep investing in the offense. You can never invest in the offense enough because injuries happen. Retirements happen. You don't want to be in a position where you tried to fix the defense or whatever you didn't, you you just counted on Hill and Kelsey too much. And then all of a sudden you have a very mediocre cast around Patrick Mahomes and you have a lost season where you just don't have enough firepower to get the job done. Keep just keep investing in those weapons because as long as you got Patrick Mahomes, you have a chance. So give him all of those weapons and you can count on 30 points a game and the playoffs and all of those things. Even if your defense is atrocious, you probably (laughs) are still going to make the playoffs uh, with the expanded playoffs. So keep him surrounded with talent. This has been one of our longest episodes ever. I appreciate everybody. I appreciate you, Matt Connor, for coming in to join me and and giving me a chance to mute myself and clear my throat a couple of (laughs) times. And, uh, uh, appreciate all of you who stuck with me uh, for for the first forty five minutes of this podcast, where it was just me talking. Um, that my wife knows your pain, um, so appreciate <laughs> you. Appreciate the support. Uh, Sterling and Matt will be back on Tuesday with some more content. The next time that you see me, likely will be uh, in Los Angeles at the Super Bowl with Verderam. So uh, we're, we're going to figure out our schedule. We'll let you all know about that. But you guys are the best. You can hit that thumbs up button for us on your way out. Thanks to everybody in the chat, by the way. You guys have been awesome. Appreciate all the feedback through all the, the keeper cut, all that stuff. And your interaction is it always is what makes this show special. And I'm not forgetting about you all out there in audio land who don't watch the live versions of this. You guys are so important to this show, too. By the way, we've had an absolute crushing record month in the last 30 days on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. It's been the most popular month we've ever had. I mean, by tens of thousands of downloads and streams. That's all thanks to you guys. We're going to be with you all through the offseason. So thank you for all that you do. For Matt Connor, for the absent Sterling Holmes and Matt Berteram, <laughs> my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see y'all next week. Until then, have a great weekend and go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.